everybody. This is Nurse Mo, and welcome back to the Straight A Nursing Podcast. It is December of 2017, and just wanted to take this moment to say happy holidays to everyone. They're coming up. I do have a special holiday episode. It's going to be very short and very sweet that will go live on Christmas Eve for you guys. And today, what we are talking about is the PF ratio. And it's so funny because on my website, straightanursingstudent.com, I typically go into pretty great detail about all the topics that I am sharing with you. But the PF ratio, if you look there at my blog post on that topic, it is without a doubt the absolute shortest one I've ever written. And it's also one of my most popular and it routinely comes up very high on Google searches when someone is searching for the PF ratio. So it's kind of funny that my shortest one is also one of my most popular, but that doesn't mean I'm going to stop and only start writing really short blog posts for you guys because I have so much to share with you. And today we will be talking about the PF ratio, but we'll go into more detail than what is on that blog post. Basically, the blog post just tells you how to do the calculation. So the PF ratio is a calculation. It's very quick and easy. And basically, it's going to tell us how much trouble our patient is in respiratory-wise and how hypoxic they might be. And basically, in coordination with other clinical findings, let us know if they are at the stage of acute lung injury or acute respiratory distress syndrome or ARDS. So if you are in your advanced med surge class, heading into your critical care rotations in the hospital, or maybe a new nurse in critical care, you're definitely going to be learning about ARDS, and you will definitely want to know how to do the PF ratio calculation and what it means. So first, what do the P and the F stand for? So the P is your PaO2, which is the partial pressure of O2 in arterial blood. This is a value that you will be able to obtain from an arterial blood gas. The F is your F. IO2, which is the fraction of inspired oxygen. Basically, what percentage of oxygen is the patient on? For instance, right now, sitting here talking to you guys, I'm on room air, so I'm at an FIO2 of about 21%. If I'm on two liters nasal cannula, that would put me at about 28% four liters, about 36%. Basically, for every liter of oxygen flow, we can assume the FiO2 is going to go up by about 4%. So your next question might be, what's the difference between the PaO2 that I get from my blood gas and the oxygen saturation level that I will see from pulse oximetry? And that is an excellent, excellent question. 
So when we're looking at the SAO2, the oxygen saturation level, that's going to show us the percentage of hemoglobin binding sites in the blood that are carrying oxygen at that time. So if you think of the hemoglobin molecule as a bus and the seats on the bus are the binding sites, how many of those seats are carrying passengers, which in our case is oxygen? That's going to be the oxygen saturation level or the SAO2. So it's 100% that all of your binding sites are saturated. Now in contrast, the PaO2 is the actual oxygen content of the arterial blood. And again, you'll see this value on your arterial blood gas or your ABG. So let's look at how these two kind of compare one to the other. An optimal PaO2 is 80 to 100, and an optimal SaO2 is 90 to 100. So you can see right away that they don't correlate one-to-one. -one. Um, actually, when your SaO2 is 95-ish, this does not mean that your PaO2 is also 95. It's actually going to be... Um, quite a bit lower. When the SAO2 is at 90, for instance, the PaO2 is actually more around 60, which is pretty much the minimum amount of oxygen you need to prevent tissue ischemia. So that's why a lot of times, this is a little aside, but you'll see patients, especially surgical patients, with orders to keep their SAO2 a little higher, like above 92 or even 95, for example. But the reason that these two values are different and don't correlate one-to-one -one is because, well, they're measuring different things, obviously, but there are also things that affect how well the hemoglobin binds or releases oxygen into the tissues. That's going to be things like uh, your patient's temp, their pH, they come into play here. If you want to go down the rabbit hole of this topic, you want to Google the term oxyhemoglobin disassociation curve. You will learn a lot of really great stuff, but the short version is the numbers don't replace each other one for one. And... For the purposes of what we're doing today, we're talking about the PaO2, not the SaO2, but the PaO2 and the FiO2. So for reference, let's go real quick over the normal PaO2 ranges and what's considered normal. So again, a PaO2 of 80 to 100 is what we would consider normal. Um, 79 down to 70 would be considered mild hypoxemia. And remember that the term hypoxemia refers to decreased oxygen in arterial blood versus the term hypoxia, which is decreased oxygen in the tissues themselves. So a PaO2 of 79 down to 70 would be mild hypoxemia. 69 down to 60 is moderate hypoxemia. 59 down to 50 would be in the severe range, and anything below 50 is extremely, extremely panic critical levels of hypoxemia. So when we talk about the PF ratio, we are looking at how those two values, the P and the F, relate to one another. So in other words, how much oxygen does it take to get my PaO2 level up into that normal range of 80 to 100, which is where we want to be most of the time. There are some cases where our goal is to keep it a little bit lower 
which it would be an acceptable range, would be a little bit lower, but we're not going to go into that here. Let's just assume we want everyone to be optimized at 80 to 100. So let's look at an example. I'm breathing room air right now, as we ascertained earlier, an FiO2 of 21%. And let's say my PaO2 is 95. So I'm probably doing pretty good, right? I have no need for supplemental oxygen. My PaO2 is in the normal range, and I'm not on any extra O's. So there's no hypoxemia present at all. Now, in comparison, if I'm on, say, six liters with a high-flow nasal cannula, which would be about 40% FiO2, and I'm showing a PaO2 of 95%. Now, the PaO2 is technically normal, but I'm obviously requiring a fair amount of oxygen to keep it in that range. So I'm obviously more sick. In other words, how much oxygen is it taking to get the blood level of, you know, the PaO2 up to a good level? In even other words, how sick am I? How sick is your patient? The PF ratio can help us determine that. So if the PF ratio is too low, this is going to be a clinical indicator of hypoxia, again, that oxygen deficit in the tissues. And if it's severe enough, it's going to tell us if the patient is likely to have acute lung injury or acute respiratory distress syndrome. So what do the numbers tell us? Before we get into doing the calculations, let's take a quick look at what the range reference ranges are. So a PF ratio above 450 is considered normal. But once we get below 300, we're looking at acute lung injury. Some clinicians might define it as mild ARDS. Some might define it as acute lung injury. So if we're looking solely at numbers, not the whole clinical picture, which of course you would never do, but if we were only looking at the numbers, this is what they might tell us. So a PF ratio above 450, normal. About Two to 300, we're looking at that acute lung injury or mild ARDS, which some studies show has a mortality average rate of 27%, so pretty high. PF ratio of 100 to 200 would be considered moderate ARDS at about a 32% mortality rate. And then a PF ratio less than 100, this is severe ARDS with a 45% mortality rate, and this patient is very, 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 very sick. So we could do a whole lecture on ARDS, and guess what? I already have. So if you're interested in that, check on iTunes or just go to the Straight A Nursing Student website, and if you find the search bar, type in ARDS, and at least three things will, will come up as reference reference materials for that condition. So getting back to the calculation, how do we do it? The good news is it is actually a very easy calculation. All you're going to do is take your P, your PaO2, and divide it by the F, the FiO2. So we'll go through a couple examples. Let's go back to that healthy patient on room air. 
So again, my PaO2 is 95%. I'm breathing that glorious room air, which is 21% FiO2. So we're going to take that 95, that's your P, and we're going to convert the FiO2 percentage into a decimal. So that will be 0.21. So 95 divided by 0.21 gets us 452. And what's a normal PF ratio? Anything above 450. So we are doing just fine. But now let's say maybe I'm a little bit sick. Maybe I've got a little touch of pneumonia or something. I'm on six liters nasal cannula and my PaO2 still normal, looking good at 95. So you might look at this patient and say, she's doing okay-ish. She's probably just fine. But if you do the calculation, you might start to get maybe a little concerned. Recall that six liters nasal cannula, that's about 40% FiO2. So we'll take our PaO2 of 95, divide that by 0 0.40, and we get 237.5, which is right there in that realm of acute lung injury or even mild ARDS. Again, with that 27% mortality. So how okay-ish does your patient look now? Okay, let's do a little bit sicker patient. Let's say I'm still just on my six liters nasal cannula, which is roughly 40% FiO2, and my PaO2 is 80. Now, if you recall, 80 to 100 PaO2 is what we consider normal. So I'm fine, right? Well, let's take 80 and divide that by 0 0.40, and then we get 200, which is a bit lower. Even though my PaO2 of 80 isn't bad, I am borderline like moderate ARDS. So again, what we're looking at isn't so much what the PaO2 is in and of itself, it's how it relates to the FiO2. And because it's taking us six liters of nasal cannula air to get to that normal, quote, PaO2 of 80, then we have an even lower PF ratio, and I might actually be sick at this point. So then we have, let's talk about an even sicker patient. So this is your patient who's on a vent at 80% FiO2, and we're just maintaining a PaO2 of 70. So we'll take that 70, divide it by 0 0.80, and now we get a PF ratio of 87.5. That is a very low number, and this patient is very sick and possibly in severe ARDS. So again, when you're looking at ARDS, it's not just the numbers. You would never get your blood gas, get your number, and take just that data to your colleagues. You want to look at the whole clinical picture, but that PF ratio can give you some good information to share with your team. And it's easy to do. All you need is the most recent blood gas and how much oxygen the patient is on. So note that the PF ratio some say it does have limitations. It's going to be most useful as a calculation when the CO2 is normal and there's no shunting or VQ mismatch going on. So if you are interested in learning about VQ mismatch, check it out also on the Straight A Nursing website. Just type it into the search bar and it will come up.
And I realize a lot of you come to the podcast just by searching on iTunes, and you might not even know that we have a really fabulous, robust website geared entirely toward helping nursing students and new nurses thrive. So that's at straightanursingstudent.com. Tons and tons, and did I say tons, of resources there for you, study aids, blog topics for just about everything under the sun. Put it in the search bar and most likely something will come up that will help you. I wrote a book that's available on Amazon called the Nursing School Thrive Guide. So if you're starting your nursing program soon, this is the book for you. It's going to alleviate a ton of your pre-nursing school anxiety and help a lot. I absolutely guarantee that. And if you're in your um, classes and you're struggling or you're finding that you don't have enough hours in the day to do everything that you need to do, then I invite you to check out my premium study guides available at the website. They are right now for MedSurge 1. And I want to say there's Oh, there's at least nine different topics. I know there's cardiovascular, respiratory, neuro, diabetes, GI, IV therapy, immunity. There might be a couple more. So those are all there. They're only $1.99 each. They will save your bacon. Check them out. So again, thank you so much for listening to the podcast with me today. I hope that was helpful. Check back on Christmas Eve for my goofy little Christmas Eve story. And then check out a blog post next week that I'm really excited to do. It's all about the really weird smells in the clinical setting and how you can use your nose to help figure out what's going on with your patient. So kind of a fun little topic there for the end of the year. So again, thanks everybody and have a great day. This podcast is brought to you by straightanursingstudent.com. Copyright Mo Media.